Good afternoon, evening, morning, whenever, whenever you're listening to this or watching it. What's up, everybody? I'm Josh Wolf. This is fairly normal. Um, for those of you watching and you see an empty seat next to me, uh, my friend Sam Tripoli is gonna be joining us. I've known Sam for fuck ever. And I really were coming up here in LA at the same time. Funny, funny dude. Anybody who listened to Off the Rails with Sarah and I heard an episode with him. Uh, an opinionated, really funny guy. So we're gonna get to him whenever he shows up. Um, but hey, in the meantime, it's just me and you. And Aaron and I were just deciding and talking about whether whether we're going to uh, keep doing a video or if I'm just going to start doing this at my house and at other people's houses. I don't know. I don't know if, if the people are... Because outside of my good friend Justin, it's not like we're getting a lot of phone calls. Um, and um, I don't know if people are watching or just listening. So I'll have to think about that in the future. Yeah, it's possible that some people won't want me at their fucking house. That's possible. Uh, but, yeah. That's what we're talking about right now. I, I, I just got back from uh, Jacksonville, Florida. It was a great comedy weekend. Man, I've been having some fucking great comedy weekends. I'm not going to lie to you. If you guys are listening, come out to a fucking show. I'm having a, some great comedy weekends. My next one isn't until... um. What's that? The third, the twenty, like the twenty-first, second, third, or fourth, or fifth, something like that in Des Moines, uh, uh, Iowa, is my next weekend. I know I got a huge audience in Des Moines. That's like my fucking hub. So that place should be packed. Um, and then uh, I know a lot of people um, have been asking about the Snapchat rants that I do. I think I'm gonna start doing those on Facebook Live. Um, and then, of course, the Boomer and the Old Man are now on this channel also. So there's that, that, and that. And, uh, yeah, I also want to remind you guys, if you live in L.A. and you smoke weed, go to Buds and Roses. Go to Buds and Roses. My name, 10% off. Go to Buds and Roses. The staff is funny, cool, friendly, 10% off. My name. And look, look, they got a couple of edibles for you. They're pretty good. They roll them up. They get some pre-rolls in there. They got a nice ice cream, Aaron. Oh. Yeah, it's delicious. Yeah. They get some, they also have some, because, you know, Danny Mathers was here. They have some pills that if you don't want any calories with your weed, it's really high tech. Um, but it, 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 that's the place to be, Buds and Roses out in the valley. If you if you are live in L.A., 10% off. There you go. Um I, I do want to start this with something that I mentioned online today, but okay. So I, I saw an article today that the University of North Carolina, and, and Aaron, you mind pulling this up because I forgot to pull it up and bring it with me. But the University of North Carolina, uh, they've decided that some things are considered microaggressions, uh, like the, the term Christmas holiday. Um, they, don't wanna, they don't want staff to ask people if they want to go hit for a round of golf and uh you're not supposed to i i think the other thing was you're not supposed to compliment women on the way they look 
I think those were the three things. First of all, let me just start about the Christmas thing. Because you're not supposed to say Christmas holiday. We're going home for Christmas vacation because it's not inclusive. All right. You touchy motherfuckers. Here's my thing. I grew up Jewish. I am telling you right now, growing up Jewish in a town that there weren't a lot of Jews, all I heard was Christmas vacation and Christmas this and Christmas that. And did I think Christmas was better than Hanukkah? Yeah. Yeah, I did. Our, the, there's no tree. There's like this, you know, you like the lights, but you, you know, it's not like you get these, there's no great Hanukkah songs. It's all kind of depressing. Nobody's ever been to a great Hanukkah party. You know, Christmas parties are fun. People are getting drunk. They're fucking each other. What happened? You've never been to a Hanukkah party where people end up with their pants off in the pool? No. No. People are sprinting dreidels and shit. It's boring as fuck. And they make it look so fun on TV. Everybody's sitting around a tree. Yay. The colors are nice. Jewish shit is dark and dreary and bleh. Did I want to celebrate Christmas when I was growing up? Yeah. Did I feel left out? I don't know. Maybe. But that shit happens sometimes. Sometimes you're not included. And I'll tell you something else. Just because you're not included doesn't mean you're excluded. Does that make sense? I I wasn't included because I wasn't Chris. I wasn't. I didn't celebrate. But if I wanted to go to a Christmas party, I could have gone. It's not like they were gonna make me shave my horns off or some stupid shit like that, guys. Why are you so fucking sensitive? It's okay. And I'll tell you something else. If I, I was the minority, right? As a Jew, I was the minority. What are they supposed to do? Send us home for Hanukkah holidays? They're supposed to play to me? No, you play. It's like a 95% you're playing to. You can't play to all 100%. It doesn't fucking exist. So you live in a place where you're the minority. I was the minority. So I don't get catered to. That's how it goes, everybody. That's how it fucking goes. You want to be the majority? Move to Israel. Move to fucking Israel. Oh, hey, puppy dog. Move to Israel. Sammy T is here right now, everybody. Uh, I'm talking about how um, in, in North Carolina, at the University of North Carolina, Sammy T, yes. they have decided that the term Christmas vacation is now offensive to people because not everybody celebrates. Now, you're Armenian, yes? I'm half Armenian, half Italian. Okay, so you celebrated Christmas growing up. Yes. I did not. This is how much we celebrate Christmas. We would have to go see my grandparents on Christmas, so we'd leave a day earlier. So my my parents convinced us that Santa Claus did a day early arrival for us. For the Armenians? For No, for just my hey, family in upstate New York. What's your dog's name? Pollyanna. Pollyanna, you're cute as shit. Half Are you thirsty? Half Basenji, half Blue Nose. Do you want some water? No, she's fine. Okay. She's fine. Oh, yeah, they're water. Let me see. If it's you want some water? I'll get her some water. You want some water, little girl? Get you some water. I, I just think it's stupid. It's stupid, it's right? Stupid. But here's my thing. My thing was this, Sammy T, and, and, and correct me if I'm wrong. I, I grew up in a place that there, there weren't a lot of Christians. I mean, there weren't a lot of Jews. So we... Let me pour it for So we... Uh, there you go, pretty lady. You want to hear something interesting? Wait, wait. Tell me something. Tell me when you think, because where did you grow up? Upstate New York. Upstate New York. How many yeah. are, how many Armenians in upstate New York? Uh, at the time. Well, I mean, like Buffalo and New York area, there was a ton. But in my hometown, there was the Tripoli family. Okay. So and so, uh, there weren't a lot of Jews when I was where I was growing up. Right. So my thing is that look, I understand as when you're a minority, which I was growing up. You, you you shouldn't be felt made to feel ashamed. Right. But you also shouldn't be catered to. You gotta cater to the populace. If it's ninety five percent people who do who celebrate Christmas, yeah. then you then you cater to that. Yeah. 100%. Well, well then what's the fucking problem? 
Because you have a bunch of guilty white people who feel bad that life has been set up for them, and they just get this weird thing where they just feel bad for these a couple squeaky wheels. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, but I'm a, but, but but here's the thing, man. As a Jew, right? I can and you know what else is okay? What? It's okay to feel like, man, I wish I was, or I wish I yeah, could. Yeah, it's okay. I've you you I've wanted to be black before. I've been yeah. like, fuck, I yeah. wish I was black. Yeah, we all have. Yeah, right. So, but my thing is like, do you know what else that you, that UNC decided that um, was not okay for students? I, I believe it's you're not allowed to compliment. What is it? You're not allowed to you turn say your mic nice on. tits. Sorry. You're not allowed to compliment a woman on her shoes. Yes, it's, because because the when you compliment her shoes, you're telling her that you like the way she looks, but you're not okay with her brain. What's going on here is you are setting up these children for slaughter. That's really what you're doing because you're pushing them out in this real world in which these rules do not exist. Yes. You're setting up rules where people care about other people's feelings. And guess what? It does not exist out there. It is cutthroat. It is shark tank shit in the real world, man. It is kill or be killed. Nobody cares about your feelings. You know, the best thing you can do for kids is be out of them that everyone cares about your feelings it doesn't exist can i tell you something and this is true i used to <laughs> there were times when i would disappoint my kids on purpose uh and my wife was always like is that okay i'm like yeah i want to because i would there was i remember one time this was cruel but i ended up changing it i i came home and i was like hey everybody who wants to go to disneyland and they're like we do i'm like can't afford it but yeah. i can take you to the park yeah. because i just wanted to let them know sometimes you're gonna want shit doesn't work out yeah yeah <laughs> Yeah, sometimes I want to go to Disneyland and I have to go to the park instead. Yeah. That's sometimes it. somebody's faster, somebody's taller, somebody maybe more skilled. The biggest thing I, you know, if I had kids, I'd teach them is like they just can't outwork you. That's the biggest thing. But it's okay if somebody's f bigger, faster, stronger. I watch stand up comedy all the time. I'm like, that guy's act is something I can't do. I love my act. Yes. My act is different. He may be better at that style, but he's not going to outwork me. No, and here's the thing, Sammy T, is that my thing is that, like, what, exactly what you said, right? What you're teaching these kids is if you are not as good as or you feel a little left out, instead of working harder or trying something else or persevering, you're teaching them to go tattletale. Yeah. You're teaching them to say... I don't I'm not uncomfortable with this so it must not be okay but what they're fucking forgetting is that you have to hear other people's opinions yes whether you agree with them or not you have to fucking hear them I got in a big discussion the other day uh, about this thing with this male comic who sent these things to this female comic on Facebook and there was this whole I remember that explosion yes. over it and I just you know I pull people I go do you want to micromanage everybody's personal conversations and do you want to make it so people can't do dumb shit occasionally do dumb shit like because that's where you're going to yeah. you're making every single thing be micromanaged and that somebody doesn't like something they can run to the masses and then this fucking herd mentality comes and just and you it don't is. want that world no because I've said this before but I do think that Twitter is like this generation's Salem witch trials you get tried and convicted and fucking hung before anything happens yeah. before you get yeah. to even say anything yeah. and, I'll and I also say before you judge somebody you don't know I want you to go back and take the top five worst things you've ever done or said and say and send it out online and let people judge you by those top five worst things you've ever done or said. Are you that person? Probably not. Right. Do you have times in your life where you've said something you Dumb wish you shit. hadn't said? 
in the emotion of the situation. Yeah, yeah. One hundred percent, dude. But where, 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 where's, where, where, why? What, what? And when did they become so fucking sensitive, dude? Just when you gave everybody a voice, and you just it's had one person pick up. It's the trophies. It's those fuck they handing love. those fucking trophies, everybody. Well, it's handing the trophies, and it's the the. The, the desire to take somebody out and be like, I did that too. You know, that's a big thing. And, and the truth is, like, as much, it's the same thing with trolling, whether trolling's being mean and then this social activism is being love. It's just all about emotional throwing up. Yes. And then when you call them out on shit, it's amazing how they back off. They're like, okay, you're right. But nobody calls people on shit. They just let go. Like Leah Dunham, right? I, I don't know if she's your friend. You're a very successful guy in Hollywood. But Leah Dunham. She's on the show next week. You know, it does this does this video about <laughs> let, uh, let take back yeah. let know. sexual assault. And I think we all agree with sexual assault is wrong. 100%, yes. dude. Unless it's in role playing, no means no. Okay? Yep. So, so she does this Do video. Do you have a safe word? I don't have a safe word because I'm go. <laughs> my, sa my safe word is green light go. My you know? safe word is more. Yeah, more. Is that all you got? More that's, fingers. That's my Those are my two base safe words. But she put out this video about, you know, like, no to sexual assault. And then you find out, one, she openly admits she molested her sister. And then she fucking falsely accused somebody of sexual assault. And it's like. It's Wait, like, she falsely accused somebody? Yeah, she wrote about it. She falsely accused some guy of sexual assault and it ended up fucking she had to go and like tell the cops they still wanted to prosecute him. It's like it's like but nobody's calling her out on that shit. It's like, why are you doing that? And it's just emotional throw up and this whole thing where every like I was listening to uh, ESPN today and they were just every they did this fast track and it's where they bring up the top five subjects and it was all social activism. Oh, isn't this guy said, why do we do this? to And it's all just people self sucking each other. Do you know what I think would make this better? And this I'm this is completely off the top of my head. And you tell me if I'm wrong, but for the next Let's just take politics, all right? So for the next month, whatever team you're on, you have to be, instead of being critical of the other side, you have to be critical of your side. Because that's what I think why I, whenever politics come up and I watch them, uh, stuff on CNN or Fox, and I watch all of it just to kind of get a whole, what, 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 why I get lost is that it's so myopic. You're going, you're basically saying out loud, I agree with that, what that person says 100%. And if you agree with what somebody says 100%, that's a fucking cult, yeah. right? So what you what, what you should be able to still support somebody and go, and you should hold your, whatever side you're on, hold your side up to higher standards. You want people to stop doing this type of shit? Hold your side up to a fucking higher standard. Well, I also don't like that they're like, these are the bad guys, these are the good guys, yeah. no matter what's happening. Dude, Look, I see that this, a lot between men and women. Men are always the fucking yeah. uh, aggregate uh, uh, aggros, and the women are always the victim, no matter what's going on. And I just, I just find we get in a really weird place when everybody's already assigned good guy, bad guy out the gate. And I think it's like you have to really take it, look at, and it takes time, and it takes intelligence, and it takes common sense to go, what's really going on here? Let's take a look at it. But dude, yesterday was it yesterday in Sacramento where the the there was that. The, the stabbings because the, yeah. you know, the fascists, I hate to stick up for them, but they were fucking right. They got the permit for that park. Now, do I agree with anything no. they say? No. But do they have the right to protest? Yes. So then the far, then the, that, the group of the considered, the, who are considered the good guys, like you You're just right. said, 
when the good guys end up beating up who we consider to be the bad guys, well, we're okay with that. You know, if, I hate the word freedom of speech. There's no other label for it. But freedom of speech is the government when it involves, like, you say something about the government, they throw you in jail. That's not freedom of speech. That's protection against that. But the notion, the freedom of speech or being able to say whatever you want and protecting that right, especially as a comedian, yeah. it's not about protecting the things you like and agree with. It's about being like, okay, I don't agree with that, but he has a fucking right to yes, say that. 100%. He has a right to say that, and I think it's stupid. I think he's an idiot, but do I think he should lose his job? No. Do I think he should not be booked in clubs? No. Should he be beat up like those fascists? No. no. And here's the thing. You know what that also does, which I don't, quite think the the they think it out the people the counter protesters it brings more people to the bat what you're considering the bad guys it brings more people to their side because they're like what the fuck man this whole trump thing has gotten so big because there is a group of people who don't trust the media and hate progressivism that the more you pound on trump the more it yes. riles them up to yes. vote for him yes and, you know, it's like, I and get, by the way, the more the media says the race is over, Hillary's up by 12 points, the more I, I'm a Bernie Sanders guy. And I've always been. And I just I, I mean, like, I, 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 I'm not a Hillary fan at all. People get me all oh, because it's a woman has nothing to do with her being a woman it has to do with when I look at the track record. I don't like what I see. But there's some people who are just like, she's a woman. You don't like her because she's a woman. Or we got to be like people go, D's and R's. I'm a D, so I got root for whoever the D's put right. out. Oh, that's an R, so the R's a bad guy. Or I'm an R, and this person's trying to take this. And it's like, no, man. You got to sit down and go look at what's being said. This is why I think it would be great if there was no more D's and no more R's. There you were, should be, You dude. were never registered, and people were not registered under either party. They just, It was like class president. And you listen to the class president. Remember in high school, class president, they gave up and they gave a speech. They were they weren't a party. Yeah. It was like, oh, this motherfucker's gonna get us free right, soda. Right, right. I like free soda. Right. He's running under the free soda party. Right. Who which is who I voted for every year, by yeah, the way. Right. Like who's the guy who's the guy with the free soda? Yeah. You? All right. Well hundred percent. I'm the same fucking way. But that's the way it should be, because automatically, like you said, DNR gives us no matter what side you're on, the good guy and the bad guy. And there are times that's why also that's why I say if you agree with something, everything one person says, then you're fucked up. That's why if we get rid of the parties, right, and we just were like, oh, you run, you run, you run, you run. And now, oh, I I agree with what this person says, but I don't agree with everything, but do you know what I mean? You could choose without feeling like an asshole. Well, it's also that, I, you know, and I, dude, I am, I am a liberal. I am l super liberal. I believe in everybody. You know, I have three rules. If you don't break those rules, I'm cool with whatever you do. What are you, they? Don't, you don't fucking hurt, hurt another living being. You don't steal from people and you don't fuck kids. And after that, dude, you could do anything you pretty much want. I'm pretty laid back what, about it. Yeah. What order is those going? Uh, don't fuck kids, number one. Yeah. <laughs> Don't fuck kids right out the gate. Yeah, I think right There's out the no gate. Yeah, yeah, for that. yeah, I agree. Even if they're like 16 and they're in their, they're fucking this porn star phase that these girls are in at really young age. You, you got to wait till they're legal. I remember when I had my show on Spike, I feel like I was getting fished by like undercover cops because I get this picture of this like really young girl and she's like, I just love sex so much. I'm like, okay, copper, whatever. But I had some really young girls, like 16-year-olds hitting on me. I'm like, hit me up when you're 18 years Sammy old. Sammy T, you, you got to ask yourself what you're putting out there because I've, I've never had one of those. It was, I was, it was just the MySpace days. 
Oh, no, MySpace. Yeah, 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 yeah. The filthy MySpace yeah. days. That was, the MySpace was a little dirty. So filthy. Wasn't it a little? It's way dirtier than Facebook. Facebook is, well, I consider Facebook like it's my home. Dad. It's yeah, home. Yeah, it's cleaner, more. You know, yep. Instagram, Twitter, that's the office. You go to the office, yeah. you promote all your shit, blah, blah, blah. Instagram is more, uh, Facebook's more like, oh, hi, I haven't seen you since high school. Oh, my God, you have this many kids and blah, yeah, blah, my, blah. And MySpace was like, here's my nuts. Yeah, yeah right? Yeah, yeah. So, it was always like Asian girls with the best profile. <laughs> right? It was so advanced. Yeah. All right, so that's the rule number one is don't fuck kids, don't hurt somebody else, and then don't steal. Don't steal. After that, I'm pretty fucking open to what you're fucking doing. Do you know what my mom would have put on that list? What? And she ingrained this in me, and, and, and to this day, it's it. I know this is gonna sound really bizarre, but it's in my top, easily in my top ten. Don't litter. My my oh, mom ingrained that. One hundred percent. Because we all live here. This is all of our. You're just gonna throw your fucking cigarette butt it's out the my window. My friend do that yesterday. I'm like, you're 20. Or what are you doing? Couch? Pick that up. Or couch? Yeah, that's all I post is people leaving their fucking couches on the side of the road. But we all live here. This so is, many couches. This is our all of our world. You're going to fucking, what's the deal? You can't wait and put the wrapper in your back pocket? It used to, like, my mom drilled that into my head. And now when I see it, when I see someone throw a cigarette butt out the window, there have been a time when I've picked it up and I've followed them and I'll smush it in their fucking window. Or I'll Did put you ever see the guy in the motorcycle who's like drives around and he sees people just throwing out their fast food? He'll grab it, pull up, right side the thing. Throw it in the Come car on. while they're driving and drive off. Is that on YouTube? Yeah. I'm definitely going to have to check I'm that out. I'm with you, dude. I'm with you. I, the, how we treat the planet, and it just gets worse and worse and worse. It's just amazing. And like, I, ever since I got my dog, I'm a huge animals person. So I'm like, and the more and more you watch YouTube, the more and more you see animals have cognitive thoughts and their feelings. And the, and it's like fucking nuts. And I know some people are like, okay, that's a little too much. But it's like, why hurt something else? And yeah, but every time I think my dog's super smart, he eats shit. I'm like, okay. Hey, dude, I have friends who've eaten shit. Did you see the this, Cleveland Cavs? Yes. That Danny <laughs> just ate a bunch of shit. But here's another deal. Every time I think my dog's super smart, we walk on different sides of a street sign and he can't figure out how to get back this dog is too smart for its own good like she is too smart she's in her fucking like super cute. the cure face she's into the cure face oh, right is now she? where she walks around with all black on in the sun and just mopes in the corner and does she ever simple minds she yeah get she, totally she loves morrissey <laughs> she likes guys who cry how it's old fucking- She's six. Well, I, my dog is kind of like a, a pitcher from Cuba. Nobody really knows how old mm. she is. We say six or seven, but she could easily be 13. We yeah. don't know. It could go either My way. dog's the same way. Yeah. It's right. like you're, you look at the Dominican birth certificate. You're like, mm, is that There's seven crossed shit. out? Like, why is that? Have you heard this player, Thon Maker? In the NBA, he just got drafted by the Bucks. He yeah. He told everybody he's 19. They found a yearbook with his face and picture in there, and it says he's if that's correct, he's 25. Where's he from? Uh, he started in Australia. Oh, my God. The Bucks are like, what? The fuck? Like, it, we're already in Milwaukee. Yeah, right? And now we're drafting a, a 25-year-old, 19-year-old. Yep. It's it's crazy. But if you watch this guy play, he's nuts. But it's like, well, that's not that nuts when you think a 25-year-old taking on 19-year-olds. No, because their bodies are different. And their bodies are different, and their game is more advanced, and they've experienced more shit in life. Have, have you, do, do, do you, I stopped playing pickup basketball. Did you ever play? Were oh, you? big time. I stopped I've playing. I won a couple championships in the comedy, comedy uh, comedians' leagues, bro. What comedians' leagues? There was a comedian league forever. 
And what's your skill set like? Uh, three and D, dude. Three and D? Yeah, I do. First of all, talk mad shit. I know that. I get in people's fucking faces, mm-hmm. try to piss them off, get out of their game, and I would just rain threes, dude. Were you a top of the key to the top of the key kind of guy? I was the corner key. That was my fa- like the. No, I mean, as far as one of the reasons I stopped playing is because I I was like, I'm not running full court anymore. So I would run from the top of the key to the other top of the key. Yeah, that's that was my game. (laughs) I respect the fuck out of that. Uh, I I just my game would slowly, slowly dissolve over time. Like I used to take it to the hole all the time. And then I lost that first step. And then then I would just be able to box out. And then I was just it slowly died. You know what you become when you get older? You become fundamentally sound. Yes, you have you to set a the pick. Old black man at what the why? Yeah, you gotta set a pick. You gotta be. You're 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 okay with it. You're you count assists. Yeah. You're not counting. You're like I had ten assists that game. People are like okay. Yeah, you're slow, like the, like when Villanova won the championship. I don't know if you watched that final game in the NCAA's against Georgetown. No, no. Oh, the, oh, oh the, yeah, the yeah, one yeah, this yeah, year. yeah, yeah, yeah. Amazing. Who did he beat? He, they beat North Carolina. Yeah, and this guy just hit the shot and it was classic old black man at the Y shot where it's like, no jump, just yeah, right yep. in from like wherever you are on the floor, it just always goes in. And you're like, that's classic old man basketball right there. My dad, I remember, now look, I stopped playing. I'll tell you why I stopped playing because I played one, the last time I played, I played with my son and his friends. And I was like, oh, these guys are moving at a different speed. 100%. And I your could, head's like, grab it! Your yes. body's like, what? Why aren't I there yet? I, I, for sure, okay, there were times where I was like, oh, I'm going to block this shot. But they were up and down before I even got yeah. up. And I, I found also that I could play hard for like two plays. And then I was like, oh, I can't, I'm going to need to take a little rest. My like, game fell off like off a cliff. Like I was killing it, and then I would like, I, I we won like three championships. Yeah, and then I just Did you play in high school. No, nah, man, I I got cut in my ninth grade, and I was like, you know, fuck this. And then I became like one of the best bowlers in high school. Bowler? My brother was the number one bowler in high school. Wait, your high school had a bowling team? My dad was the coach. My brother was the number one guy. Okay, couple couple questions that I have. To, I'm gonna answer. have to rattle off. Answer. Do you have a question, Aaron? You look like you do. I've bowled with Sam. He's good. How good are we talking? Are you still? Like, what's your high school? No, no, no. I lost to Ari, and I had to watch uh, two hours of gay porn. I lost the basketball. What? A- yeah, it was horrible. How? Who keeps track of the you're watching the, for the full two hours? Uh, Jason Tebow sitting there. <laughs> so he had to watch, fucking- too? No. It was like my computer's here. He was right there. And he was just, he just rubbed. Two hours? Two hours. And we let so them pick. Who picked? We let the fans pick what I was watching. Yeah. So it was all like compilation. So it was like no story. I couldn't get like, why is the gardener in just the fucking Just nutshot after nutshot. Oh, yeah. Just like hairy asshole. Vegas fountains on everything. Do they have hairy assholes in gay porn? It's a genre, I'm sure. What was you like you, but yours were clean like a whistle. The ones they made me watch? Yeah. Are, you're tr- are you trying to say what did I prefer to watch? Uh, yeah. The smooth fucking I'm assholes? just asking you. Out, I'm, just out of the two, I'm asking you. Out of the two hours, there had to be a time where you're like, okay. At no, least, there didn't at have least, to be a time. No, there had to be a time in those two hours where you were like, all right, well, at least it's this. I don't love it, but at least. And what oh, part yeah, was yeah, that? Yeah, that's a good point. Uh, I tried to uh, I tried to get to watch tranny porn. More. Because then you could at least See convince yourself. Yeah. That there's something going on, and they wouldn't let me do that. So, so out of the two hours, what was the least upsetting that you were watching? I mean, like some of those 
guys that got looking pretty female, you and they, know. But so they you got just great co- bodies too. You convince yourself this is a very flat female. Uh, okay, and so and and did you get even like a partial? No, because I had to take. I do a joke about it. I had to take a boner pill. Yeah. They made me take a boner pill. So you just take a Viagra. Like yeah, and I do a hit of ecstasy and watch the fucking. Stop pl- it. Yeah. I, so then it couldn't have been that bad. It couldn't have been that good. <laughs> Saying I'm against it. I've looked at tranny porn Me before. Too. It's just Me too. like, you know, when you go down the fucking What do you think the worst thing you ever jerked off to online is? Like a chicken fucked by a dog. That's the wor- a chicken fucked by a dog. No, a chick. Oh, I thought you said a chicken fucked by a dog. A chick fucked by a dog. Yeah, it's was it in a good looking? Way more out there than you think it would be. Oh no, I've seen that. Is it? Was it at least an attractive yeah, dog? It like full breed. I was really amazed at how good looking she was. No, I mean the dog. Oh, the dog is like <laughs> German Shepherd. Oh yeah, Shepherd. So it was like, a, and it was a full breed. It wasn't like a half breed. I, 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 I didn't ask for the pedigree. <laughs> it didn't have its fucking certification and and its shots in the they description. They did. I was just curious. And so, how long do dogs usually last? Dude, it wasn't really a fucking a thesis. I but wasn't did you jer- did you jerk off to it? I mean, I was in the middle of beating off, and you know, back in my weird coke days, you yeah. go deep into that fucking. How long you been off coke? A uh, long time. How long is a long time? Well, right now I have like six months off of everything, and like co- you know, drinking and all right. that shit. And then I was, you know, I was doing a lot of blow. I haven't really done blow in in like years. Wait, so okay, so when you you grew up in, near Buffalo. Well, I grew up near Syracuse. Near Syracuse, which okay. is in the middle. And so, when did you start? How many brothers, sisters? One brother. Mom and dad still together? And I can, can I just say something about this? I like reason I talk about my my drug use isn't yeah. to brag. It's more to be like there's a lot of people out there. I know it sounds really like you know, uh, you know, all hoity toity and like, uh, but it really is like there's a lot of people out there that are are, are suffering from it. And I don't think a lot of people talk about it. And it's way more common than people think that they're really not alone. And, like, I go on these shows and just, like, I read the comment boards and people are just so brutal. And it's just, they I, think I'm bragging about being a cokehead. And can I tell you there's something? There's a little bit of bragging, I have to be honest with you. <laughs> well, I, I, knowing- My great coke fucking days, were, that will be a big chunk of when I'm slowly leaving this world yeah. and I'm going through my highlight reel. There will be, like, a good Dude, chunk of... And Coke me, fucking at the comedy store. Just, just knowing you, uh, the reason you could brag is because you were not dabbling in it. No, I there, was, I was enjoying it. You were two feet in. Yeah. Okay. I got. Uh, do you? Your mom and dad still together? No. Did they get divorced when you were in high school? No, they divorced as soon as my brother graduated high school. My mom left. Little brother? Like yes. Really? So they were staying together for you guys. My mom was yes. Did your dad? Okay. So when did you start partying? In high school? I mean, I never really did any coke or anything till like in Vegas when I went to college, and it wasn't even that bad. Yeah. It really. What happened was I uh, I was doing really well in L.A. I got my own show, uh, and I started. I got. I got. Well, what happened was I did this show with Vince Vaughn, and I bombed so badly. That the next day I got sober, and I was sober for like a couple years. When after. was that? Oh, man, this was right after 9-11, dude. It's right after 9-11. Where was the show? It was in Dewey, Delaware, and uh, it was a show for the troops, and I walk out, and they just hated me. 
right out the gate. And oh, well, because this girl was heckling me, yelling me, get the fuck off stage. And I'm like, just do that. Get that. And I made a joke about her fucking her cousins. Well, turns out like half the rooms are her family, cousins. Yeah. And they just booed me off stage. And I was just like, you know what, man? Because I was so nervous. I did like a bunch of shots of Jaeger. Before oh, before went, you went on stage? Yeah. And I was just like, uh, never going to happen again. So I got sober and I was sober for five years. And then I got, um, I uh, got the show on Spike TV. and well, I, I love that show, by the way. Oh, thank you. I, it was a fun show. It was one of those shows, and you, this might have happened to you at some point, where it's like the show's doing well, but then they change administrations or regimes, oh, yeah. and they're it like, was, out it, with that. It was called the Josh Wolf Show. That's exactly what happened. Yeah, they yeah. change regimes. I gotta go. You're yeah. like, fuck! Yeah, 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 yeah. That's exactly it's what happened. so hard. Yeah. And so, but on the show, I did my own stunts, and I just was getting hurt. My friend Ellis, he hates when I tell, say this because he thinks I, told, he's the reason I relapsed, and he isn't. Uh, I started uh, taking Vicodins to deal with the pain. Yeah. And then once you break that seal, you know you're off and going. Then and then there was this amazing time at the at the comedy store, amazing or horrible time, depending on how you look at it. Where it's like Mitzi was kind of really fading off, and Tommy was the head, and it uh, was like it was like the Badlands. It was yes, like I remember that. And there was this girl who ushered in cocaine. It wasn't around. It like came back full force, and it was everywhere, and everybody was doing it. And it was just like girls were hanging out just to do coke and fuck guys. And it was just like, what years were that? What years? I want to say is that like two thousand seven. 2006, 2007. Yeah. And it was just... That was right around when I stopped going there. Yeah. That is Joey right Diaz had stopped going there. Uh, Joe Rogan yep. stopped going there. And there was like this power vacuum. Yep. And a lot of guys were getting spots that were kind of like starting to up and come. But, you know, and all my friends are going on the road. And I was just like, I was getting little road gigs here and there. But I couldn't, I couldn't get it, you know, because I was so edgy. And now edgy is cool, and I, like it's more acceptable. But back then, it was not acceptable at all. And I just run into these. It was either the greatest crowd ever or just this weird fucking reaction. So I was having these ups and downs on the roads. and and uh, But I would come back to L.A., and there would just be coke everywhere. And then there would be girls wanting to do coke. And it was just, like, off. And, like, for its time, it was tons of fun. But, I mean, as you just shoot yourself in the foot and your friends are all working. So it got into uh, Was it killing your comedy? Were you getting high before you get on stage? Not all the time. I do my set, then I get weird. Or once in a while, I would do it. Right. But it, I don't know, man. It's just like you start getting this place where you just want to be brutally honest on stage, and then you start people just start getting weirded out. But you've always been brutally honest on stage. Yeah, and it's just like not everybody's into that, dude. It's very weird, man. Everybody talks about, everybody wants honesty until you start getting honest, you know? Yeah. And then there's like kind of this, corporate kind of like edginess that LA really likes where it's like it's edgy but it's not real and it's kind of like broad strokes and like I just feel like but you but you <clears throat> you know and one of the reasons I've always liked you dude is that you are without a doubt you know one of the top five hustlers that I know oh you thank you always dude You've always just been well, like... It's either that or die, dude. That's my theory, too. But you've always been like, that didn't work? All right, I'm going to fucking try something else. Always, 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 always. Where does that come from? Either your mom or dad? My father gave me two things. My, you know, I love my dad. He didn't give me a lot, but he gave me two things. Work ethic and a sense of humor. And I remember, like, I was thinking about this the other day, like, because, you know, I'm doing my... I got my own show in Vegas, right? I and, saw that, the Naughty Show. Yeah. Where are you doing it? Play at Hollywood, and is it how many how many weeks a month? It's it's gonna be it's gonna be every Friday and Saturday, 
for two months to try out run to see how it goes. And it's a, it's a fun ver it's more of a stand up version of it than the craziness. And I'm gonna build it up Will as I go. Just t but before you go on with the story, tell everybody what the show is. So if they're in the Vegas. naughty show is gonna be a fun, crazy adult comedy party where it's like all my favorite comics who are in town are gonna be able to jump up and do some fucking rock and roll comedy. It's in the Sin City Theater in Plant Hollywood. It's this gorgeous theater. My friend Pete owns it, and he gets comedy. It's like. It's fun when you meet a guy who gets your comedy yeah. and is cool with it. And, like, and there's something about, like, as much as I've done in L.A. and as much as I, I feel like I've had some serious success, I've always had a better vibe in Vegas, like the locals and just what people go there. So I'm doing an 11 o'clock Friday and Saturday night show of just, uh, it's going to be very much a Don Rickles kind of fuck with people type yeah. show. And we're going to build it into the craziness and maybe have some Beecher's Madhouse kind of feel to it. And just like, uh, just a fun place to come and get crazy. But that is, see, what I like about you and your stand-up, right? So I know you're, uh, you've always been brutally honest. But it doesn't, the difference to me between your brutally honest and other people's is your brutally honest always comes with fun. You're like a you're a fun guy, so it doesn't come to me ever with anger or with distaste. Even when I do anger on stage, but it's I not do it angry. Fake. Yeah, it's a fake manipulation yeah, yeah, yeah. of that's been honed at the comedy store, and it sounds crazy, but it's just like I've learned that if I kind of give them shit, I can get them back. Yeah. Like they kind of like that, and it's so. Your dad was a hardworking dude. I had like four or five jobs. Really? Yeah, dude. He was a teacher, then he was a landlord, then he was a, a realtor, and he just like had a million fucking jobs. I grew up with no money. Did you grow up with any money? I mean, we had we had some money, and then we kind of lost it. We had no... I didn't have a car. My family didn't have a car until, let me until just, I was like 16, I don't think. Really? Yeah. I had to buy my own car. I, I, I have been self-sufficient since 16 years old. I still live with my parents for two more years, but everything I did... I had, what was your job? So I'm, you, because that, I think it's so important for younger people to get jobs. It's so fucking important for you. Not just get jobs, but stay in jobs and but not dude, leave a job when, when it, you don't like it. When you bought your own car, yes. right? Didn't that make you appreciate that piece of shit more than? And it, it was a. Of piece course of it was. Shit, your first car should not be this beautiful. You know, my son uh, Jacob asked me. He was like, "You want to buy me a car?" I go, "No." Yeah. And he said, why not? I go, because if I buy you a car, you're not going to appreciate it. Yeah. He's got a 2,000-something a, a Kia that he spent $1,800 on, and he fucking takes care of that piece of shit because he knows it's his piece of shit. Yes. It's okay to feel a little setback and failure in yeah. life. Because what you learn is it doesn't kill you. And you learn this isn't what I want to settle for. Yes. Because if I buy him... A fucking new whatever. Right. What's he going to learn from that? Nothing. And his next car, which is going to be a piece of shit unless I buy it. Right. He's going to be complaining about it all the time instead of being grateful that he just has a, a fucking car. car. What do you need a nice car at 18 for? You don't. You're just going to what? You're just going to burn your roaches in it. Yeah. That's all you're going <laughs> to oh, do, dude, dude. I found a, a, a 40 ounce of fucking Modelo in his refrigerator today. How old is he? He's 19. I was, okay. So he's got a tiny little like dorm room fridge. Right. That we got for him because- he would come in and out of his room at all hours of the night. I'm like, dude, what are you doing? He was like, I want some milk. And I go, just get get a little dorm room fridge and yeah. it'll be fine. It's 80 bucks. And I went in there today because I, I went to Trader Joe's and he likes those little fucking chocolate milk. So I bought him some chocolate milk. I look in there, 
The fucking 40 OZ. Yeah. Yeah. And I, so I texted him. I go, uh, with a picture of it, I go, what's this? And he said, that's my beer. Don't drink it. <laughs> and well, I'll play. <laughs> I texted him back. I go, well, first of all, a couple things. Anything in my house is technically mine. Oh, yeah. Do you know what I mean? I totally agree with I that. I know you live in this room, yeah. but technically still everything you're in this room. You're a brother. Yeah, everything in this room is mine. But I go, second of all, you're 19. You're not supposed to have beer. And he said, yeah, but I didn't think you'd find it. Yeah. That was his comeback, which is, which, yeah. is, the, is he's being honest. Which is an interesting defense. <laughs> yeah. We should try that in court. Yeah. I didn't think you'd find me. Yeah, 100%. <laughs> But, you know, you look back, you're like, what did all the crazy shit I was doing when I was his age? Yeah. I was fucking... Were you honest with your parents? Did they know the shit that you did? Uh, I'm in high school. Oh, dude, you want to hear a great story? Yes. So it's like, it's it's your, it's senior prom. What was the name of your date? Uh, Janice, I'm not going to say her last name. Did you have sex with her? No, but I... I, I dude, this is a classic Sam Tripoli. It's okay. that... I dated her because she was a bimbo, and I wanted to hit it. And so I asked her to go, to go and she said yes. The night before, they do a big fucking uh, like uh, hill party. We used to party on hills, like any hill. We'd find uh, a hill. By the way, because like the rest of us, you didn't you didn't live in a city. You partied outside in the fucking woods. In the freezing yes, woods, yes. dude. So we're partying, and somehow, I don't know, I get shit-faced. I used to be a bad drunk back in the day. I just get Were you bad. angry? I got a little angry because I had a lot of bent up frustration. I, I, uh, it's a long story with my dad and just like being Italian, and he's always like, "Don't let anybody disrespect you." Did they disrespect you? Wait, were so, you a fighter? I was a fighter for a very long time, and then I kind of stopped fighting. Wait, what years were you a fighter? I was a fighter all the way up to about eighth grade, and then we became me and my friends, and it, like the world works in strange ways. We became shit talkers, and we didn't fight each other. We just verbally destroyed each other. Destroy. I mean, and it really hardened me to feelings. <laughs> it really like we go to Pontil's Pizzeria, and they whoever had to sit in the the the, the far right booth area would just get pummeled. And you'd have to go one on six and start hitting people. And it was I, I developed this thing that later in college they would call the triply low blow, which was the uh, tap tap tap, t you know, yeah, cut your legs off, you know, and yeah. just like and it, you know, I mean, there's a lot of things that lead to that. So, so like, give me the great story. Go go go. So, anyways, like I uh, I'm at this thing and we party and somehow I have allergic reaction, and my eyes puff mm -hmm. up and I come home drunk and my dad just spends like five hours icing my eyes. I get down, so I only look like I went about three rounds. Right, right, right. So I go to this date. I go on my, I go on my prom date, and my prom date leaves and goes and fucks a ninth grader. That's what happened to me. A ninth grader. Oh no, my my prom date fucked a, a sophomore in college. I was, I was such a weird guy in college. Wait, your prom date, a twelfth grader fucked a ninth grader, dude. My thing, dude. This is classic. I always say this thing about well, you got on television. I got, I got on television, but you got. I think you got a little more. You were able to take advantage of things, but I'm still convinced to this day that our generation of comedians kind of got fucked in the sense that the guys above us, for when we first came to LA, didn't want to leave. Like the '80s and '90s yeah. guys just stayed around forever, forever, yeah. forever. And I remember talking to Dane Cook about when Dane Cook hit. I was so excited because finally somebody hit. Yes. Of this like kind of new generation of 
comics finally got a shot. You know, the, the 80s comics wouldn't go away. So we get this weird thing where, like, one guy's popping, you get on your TV shows, I get my TV shows, and then the internet just explodes. I know. And now it's these guys who are younger than us are getting everything because they have all these YouTubes and these written on this Instagrams. And they have these outlets that we didn't really have coming up. And you see guys in, like, they're 30, 31, getting all this shit because they got all this social media stuff that wasn't available to or the proliferation of uh, of network television mm-hmm. or the cable television all this shit and that's kind of my life when it was in high school with girls like the girls the girls in my grade fucked the guys above me yeah and the girls who were sp- one below me were supposed to fuck my grade but they fucked the, g- the grade below them uh. so nobody fucked us so it's like I just totally got screwed and then did you fuck a lot in high school no I fucked Right at the end of high school, got a lot of hand jobs. But then I went to college, dude, and it went fucking nuts. Syracuse, you going to? I went to UNLV, dude. Oh, that's right. And it was the craziest time because how I- do you go to how do you how do you go to college in Las Vegas? Well, it's a very interesting story. My father. Well, first of all, I'm Armenian, right? I'm yep. Italian Armenian, so I go back and forth from Italian Armenian. Yep. So I'm Armenian. Who is the biggest Armenian in the world at that time? Jerry Tarkanian. Oh yeah! And I loved basketball. Like I live, breathe, die at basketball. Is, I like I watched summer league on NBA TV. That's how much I love okay. basketball. And Jerry Tarkanian's got this team. And my mom would always be like, "He's Armenian." I'm like, "Oh my god!" And he's got this killer team. I'm like, "It's amazing." Well, at the same time, my dad is. Put to me like you should go to Vegas. Vegas would be great because I realized that my. Why didn't dad, he want you to go to Vegas so he could visit? He wants, so he could buy a house out there and write off on his taxes and constantly come out and fly out oh, to see us, man. right? So this is weird manipulation. And I also thought that Vegas would be a great place to start comedy at the time. Are was, you? Did you know you want to start comedy in high school, dude? I knew I wanted to be a comedian, and I say this all the time, and people say I, I've been. I, I people could say it's super cheesy, but I wanted to be the funny do funny since i remember uh being in the universe like my when i who was the first comic that really connected with you i mean i remember listening to eddie murphy as a kid my mom's like turn that off my dad's laughing his ass off you know it's like watching dice way back in the day yeah i remember just since i remember being a being in the world i've oh i didn't even know what stand-up was but i knew whatever i didn't know the name for i knew i wanted to do that but that explains here's what explains a, a, a lot to me right now that explains like since you wanted it for so long but and the work ethic you got from your dad it that explains to me why you're always every time i check online there's like a new sam tripoli show at the comedy store or somewhere like, yeah i've been told I, sh- I need to stop doing the flyer shows you gotta stop doing flyer shows but i just love experimenting and promoting yeah. and i just like it dude I like creating my own thing. I'm an outsider, dude. I'm not really in with a lot of the cool kids anymore. I don't know why. It just is. And so if I don't do it, I die. I don't get stage time. It's So I got to do it myself. But that, I, I will tell you, man, I, and I don't know about you, I've hit, I hit recently, I'm at a crazy crossroads for me. I will tell you right now, my comedy has never been better. I, yes. I'm My comedy has never been better. And I know I've said it a couple times on this podcast, but... I leave weekends like, oh, that was a, they got good shows. Like, that was a good weekend. And I, I am not one to ever compliment myself. Like, right? But I'm also at a point where, if I'm being honest, it's scary. I'm at an age where I'm not the new guy. So I saw a breakdown. And for those of you who don't know what a breakdown is, a breakdown is something that, 
Like if somebody's casting something, right. that that that's it's in the breakdowns. And I saw a breakdown, and this is the second one I've seen, where they were looking for a Josh Wolf type. What? And one of my agents called, and they were like, "What about Josh Wolf?" And they were like, mm, "We want somebody a little younger." Oh my god. Okay, so so I I've hit a point where I'm not gonna lie to you, like. I, it's a little scary as far as moving forward, you yes. know. And but it it's scary, but it's exciting at the same time. It's exciting because I know what I'm doing is if you if, I know if people come and watch. I know if if you if you come check it out. What I'm doing, I've never been more confident in. But in the arena that I'm playing in, I'm super nervous. Yeah. Does that make sense? Well, it's so weird. But yes, 100%. And you and everybody in our age demographic is going through this right now. This like, what am I? Am I still viable? Am I still in this? Yeah. And it's like, and it's like, what's the reality is versus the what the perception is. It's two totally different things. The perception is you got to be 20 doing this and blah, blah, blah. But then you look at the shows that are doing well on television. The cast are all 30 and 40 year olds. Yeah. They're well into their 40. Those are the those are the shows that get the numbers cuz the the teens and the early 20 people, they don't care about television, they care about this Snapchatting. Yeah. They are what they're watching. And then it's like baseball They are what they're watching is a fucking this most simplistic way to say exactly what's going on. They are what they're watching. They're watching themselves. They're watching their friends. And that's all they care about. Because it, it's a very much like, you know, it's like I always say when a man turns 25, this like thing opens up and he sees the world. But when you're very young, you have a very small perception of the right. world. And it's, and it's natural to be very narcissistic at that point because that is your world. You have been coddled. Everything you know is through this lens. You're not really paying attention to what's going on in the world. It's like, it's my theory on why baseball will never die. They love telling you baseball's not. It will never die. As long as there's 40-year-old men, there will be baseball. Because men love doing nothing and staring and zoning out. And then, yeah. oh, hey, oh, hey, oh, and then go back. <laughs> and they love that. Football, basketball, you have to pay attention to the action constantly. Baseball is just like, zone out, wife isn't here, I can just chill. And that's kind of like, so like in entertainment, people are just watching themselves. And then at some point you become like, what am I doing this for? What's going on out there? And then you start enjoying the zoning out. Right. Because you've been working all day and you just don't want to think and you don't want to talk. You want to zone out. And that's when television comes in. Dude. Right. But the thing for me is like, you know, I people have asked me before, well, well, you know, when I was starting, what's plan B? There is no plan B. Where else can I talk shit? That's no my only there, skill. There is no plan B. There is no plan B. So, right, when you start to get a little older, you're like, oh, fuck a duck, right? Yeah. It, it does. It gets, but you know what that does? And I'll tell you something. Uh, Joey Diaz sent me a picture not too long ago of the first comedy store lineup he and I were ever on. And we happened to be on the same night. And the only other person still doing comedy is Dave Chappelle. And I looked at some of the names on the list, and I'm like, I don't think I'm more talented than those people. I just didn't quit. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? 100%. I, I just did it. There were, look, I'm sure you can think of some guys that when you started, you were like, this dude's fucking funny. Where is AJ Jamal? Oh, AJ Jamal was funny. Where is AJ? Dude, people used to be like, dude, I saw AJ Jamal. He killed last night. I'm like, tell me when AJ Jamal dies on yeah. stage. Because I've never seen anybody murder. Like, where is AJ Jamal? And I'm that's nothing disrespectful to him. No. It's totally out of respect. AJ Jamal, holy fuck. He used to crush murder people, dude. And you're like, 
I used to always go like, man, if AJ Jamal didn't hit, what is going on, yeah. dude? And and it's and it's not, like I think everybody gets a shot, and you know, and sometimes shits out of your your out of your hands. The reason I did the Vegas show is like I love gigging. I just want to tell well crafted dick jokes, and it's there's an appreciation out here. I'm I when I tell people when I'm pitching pro uh, TV shows, and yeah. I don't need to be in on this or be in Frankie. The look of the go, <sighs> yeah, because I, I and I really don't do it. Like I'm totally fine with just as, if I creating, creating, and like now what I do is I, I find really funny young comics who just don't know what the fuck they're doing. I'm like, yeah. let me help you craft your thing. Oh, I'll be fucking character number five or six. Yeah, where I can show up once in a while. If it gets on television, I get that hit, and then right. I can get the fuck off. I don't have to carry anything. Yeah. I don't have to do anything. And it, like th- that's a hard ego thing. And- well, you have to, at some point in time, you have to be able to adjust. And I certainly, look, the first couple of looking for a Josh Wolf types that I got, I was like, motherfucker. You know, I don't know if I ever told you this, and I'm sh- I think I've probably said it. Aaron, how many times do I say that a show? Do I have I told you a story before? About 75 times? Yeah. That's the one thing I think the weed has maybe manipulated is my memory. Um, but I, I wrote the John, you know, a, a pilot based on my life with Jim Burroughs was signed up. It was his company as the director. Jim Burroughs, you know, legend. Right. And um, wrote it. They bought the script. And then the network, who I won't say, was like, who do you see playing Josh? And I was like, huh? I see Josh playing Josh and they were like "Mm." but you know it's so crazy in this town I remember one another uh, time that I sold my life rights right I was sitting with a writer and I read his script oh my god I read his script and I were sitting there and I go "Um, I don't think Josh would say this and he goes I think he would I go do you know who you're talking to (laughs) yeah yeah you're talking to Josh Josh is telling you he that doesn't come out of his fucking mouth that's so interesting It, 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 it you know to 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 have been down the path so many times with my own life story uh, has been, it was many times a complete mindfuck. And an, it, it, it did two things. It tested my, every time, it tested my will to stay in town. Because I almost envy the people that are just pitching stories that have nothing to do with them. Because they can let it go. That's what I've. That's the but difference between when it's now so and personal to you. It, that's it the makes naughty it really show. Hard. It's the personal thing. Yeah. And I had this period of about four or five years where that's all I wanted to pitch, and I I just feel like I worked wrong. Now it's just like throw against the wall, and it's a weird way of operating. But once you accept, like once I stopped trying to pitch things I wanted to see on television, yeah, and I started pitching things I thought they wanted to buy. And that it's just changed the way it's operated. Man. Really? Yeah. It's like my theory, dude. It's like comics have to be like McDonald's. Man, I told this to a comic. He stared at me. And I go, comics have to be like McDonald's. How do McDonald's make their money? Mass. They, they fucking sell hamburgers. Yeah, mass. No, but the real way they also make it is selling franchises. Yeah. you got to sell franchises to sell more hamburgers. Your jokes are your hamburgers. The only way you sell more hamburgers is by selling more franchises. And once you realize that, it's a, you know, some of us get lucky and they get right on television and it sticks. God bless them, but not everybody. So I have to sell as many. Like, I have five projects going right now that are moving slowly, slowly right. forward, dude. You know? And I hope one of them will hit. If not, I got another 10 in the fucking pipe ready to fucking go. And that's kind of how you got to operate. I can't remember the last time I had a McDonald's burger. I, it's got to be 
Okay. It's 2006. It's got to be nine, probably nine before Jacob was born. 1995. That's amazing to 1995. hear. 1995. I, 1995, I haven't had a soda, a, a whole soda. I mean, I've had a sip of one. I respect the fuck out of I haven't had that. a whole soda 1995. I respect the shit. I no, wish. no, diet, but I had some diet. So I 1998. Wish, I wish I could not drink soda. I just love acidic when I'm eating that, that kind yeah. of bite. Yeah, I wish I could. I haven't. I, what about you, Aaron? Uh, <clears throat> I've had two o'clock, but I I quit the daily. You, you know, quit the daily what sodas. Was it, middle of March when we a did it on the and show. Any change for you? You feel any better? Doesn't matter. It just doesn't really feel any different. So right. it's just shitty for you. I it's like terrible. I like water with lemon. Yep. I need that kind of thing, you know. But once in a while, I have a soda. You're you and you don't drink anymore booze. No man, it's really weird. I have no desire to do it either. Do you know what I tried? Um, Crystal meth. I did that once by accident. Um, I because somebody somebody <laughs> I can't believe I'm gonna say this. Okay, so I tried it uh, on the road. I didn't want to do it at home and Coke. Of, no, I've done Coke before. I I I soaked a tampon and put it in my asshole to see if it would get me drunk. It got me shit based. What? Do you know if you put a tampon, you soak it, and you put it in your asshole, it, it gets you drunk. Why don't you just drink? I don't know, because somebody was saying it gets you way more drunk. You just want MacGyver for no reason. Yeah, but it's less MacGyver because you're sticking a tampon in your asshole. But it uh, it really got me... It was weird. MacGyver. <laughs> <laughs> it was really bizarre. But if, if you're looking for a way to get fucked up at work and not have anybody know you're fucked up because you you know it's not on your breath unless they're sniffing your asshole, it definitely gets you drunk. Like, how long does it soak for? I just soaked it in there, you know. Like it, for a minute? Yeah, but, you know, they it soaks up water pretty quickly. Do yeah. you know how a tampon works? Well, I, I, I don't... I've you, never used one. To put in your asshole. Yeah, never. <laughs> <laughs> so interesting. But, you know, what's funny is they constantly looking... People are constantly looking for new ways to get high. Oh, dude, but you the always old, hear... But the old ways are so good. But it's just like, oh, I licked a frog. It's like, how would you know a frog would get you high? All these fucking things. But I, that's that's my theory on meth, too. Like, who decided bleach and Sudafed to think... Because, in general, bleach is pretty bad for you. Yeah. I mean, I would say on the list of things that are not good to eat, that's got to be up there, don't you think? 100%. Okay. So, who decided, you know, this, this Sudafed doesn't get me high, but I bet if I added some bleach. I don't, you're right. How did that, like, like s'mores. Some guy actually put chocolate and marshmallows and got a s'more. But how did somebody actually get crystal meth? What is, Sammy T, because I have mine, what would you say is the one thing that your recipe or your concoction that whenever you tell people about it, they go, that sounds fucking gross. But you go, you just got to try it. Okay, it's called the Hope Solo's Asshole. Okay, it's a shot. I, I, I One day Hope Solo was at the comedy store, and I'm like, you know, she deserves a drink. Have you seen her asshole? It, oh, dude, this was before the pictures come out. Oh, okay. She looked like she got finger blasted by Freddy Krueger, right? I mean, <laughs> right? Like, who's got worse snatch, her or Britney Spears? They're both awful. You've seen Britney Spears' vagina? There's a picture came out. When? There's a picture of her snatch. Where? Google it. It's everywhere. When? Recently? No, this was way back before she went nuts. Oh, okay. All right. All back right. when, like, her and Lindsay Lohan and Paris Hill were all, all hanging, hanging out, out, and there was the Four Horsemen of the oh, Apocalypse. Can you imagine going to a party with those three? 
and they were just like, oh my just, lord, that was that was before Kim Kardashian too. Like, how crazy is? That? I remember I was working on a show called All of Us, which was Will Smith, Will and Jada Smith's sitcom. They were the, it was like the first time a a, a movie star. His got like star is weird. Like he's still a movie star, but he is way out of the limelight. He just it seems like he took a little time off. And there's nothing wrong with that. No, when you get that kind of money. But I remember, uh, what were we talking about? We were talking about Britney Spears' pussy. And Will and Jada's show you were working on, all of us. <sighs> That's the weed. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gone. That's, I'm out. That's I'm fine. Out. You're I'm, out. I'm out. I'm out. <laughs> You're fucking oh. loud. But so let me get Your back. concoction, the Hope Solo asshole. So I'm like, this was dur- during uh, my drinking time. And like, it used to take, like, honestly, six or seven shots of Jack Daniels just to get me buzzed. To warm you up. That's how much I was drinking. Like, I'm I, I'm convinced I'm still one of the reasons they started charging comics for drinks at the comedy <laughs> store. Because I was just racking up a score. <laughs> racking up, dude. So I see her, like, I used to love Jaeger, too. I used to love it. So I'm like, why don't I? I'm, I go, you know, and I, I, I love it. Uh, you know, my big thing is I, I've been eating ass since 85, right? I, I, You're I, one of the OGs. Dude, I'm not lying to you. Before were, eating ass was cool. There were two sexual predators on my block. They were called the Gleason sisters, okay? It was Teresa and Sharon Gleason. They were older than you? They were my age and a little, I'd say, uh, eight when I was eight. Mm-hmm. I was eating ass. I ate, no! Yes, I ate ass in the first grade. No! Who's asshole? Uh, Teresa Gleason's ass. How old was Teresa Gleason? She is my age. And sh- how does that conversation start? You you know, you start fooling around with each other, and then next thing you know, the sister blew me in a cornfield like two weeks later. It's just like- How old was she? She's, she's my age. She was one year older than me. Yeah. So, so but but if I was with, if I was eight, I wouldn't even think about eating an asshole. That's it, dude. I just knew. I just- It like, was instinctive. It was it's just instinctive. You just went, you were like, yeah. you know what? I think my thing is- Eating an asshole. I do back in the I, I was eating it before everybody do. And now I like I go on the road, I hear I hear brothers are eating ass now, black guys. I'm like, oh, everybody's eating ass. I now. was late to the ass eating game. I mean, you know as why? long as she's clued, I love it. It's like it lets you know it lets her know she's in a title fight. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah, but you know what my theory was on eating ass? And I'll wow. give you what my theory was. All right. So say I make some spaghetti. Right. And you know, when you make spaghetti you, with a sauce, you gotta put some nice garlic. And some little kick, right? Some good sausage. You let it simmer for a while, right? It's simmering for hours, so that everything's soaked in. You eat that fucking spaghetti, right? And I eat that spaghetti, and I lick that plate clean. After I lick that plate clean, it's still gonna smell like smell like spaghetti. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? So my theory was the asshole is always kind of gonna smell like an asshole. So I'm not a big. Sh- I wasn't a big shit guy. I'll tell you the truth, and I'm still not, by the way. Yeah. Who it, is? It, it does. It does. It's. You know what it is. And I've said this before. It's nature's vanilla. Cause you know how vanilla smells great, but yeah. tastes bad. It's the opposite of vanilla. Yeah. It doesn't smell great, but it tastes. I don't think if I went down there and I smelled a beat up asshole, yeah. I wouldn't go. I wouldn't go far. I'm like I can't do this. But girls like. Yeah, they keep it. Cause They're sometimes not- what you'll do, you're like, yeah, dude. Back and when you're fucking blown out on coke, nothing says fucking. Rock, rock and roll. Than fucking eating some chick's ass you okay, just met. Okay, but so. If you're you would eat an asshole of somebody you just met? Yeah, I was crazy, dude. Wait, so you don't know their hygiene or anything? I'm just in it to win it. 
That was back in the day. That's just who I was. It wasn't a smart way to operate. Wait, so you are eating an asshole. You know my favorite? I'm going to get so many tweets about, oh, my God, I have to take a shower after Sam's podcast. I'm just being honest here. That's no, who dude, I used to be. I, I wanted to be a savage. I want to tell you something. Uh, my <coughs> The people who listen to my podcast, and I've said this about the pe- also the people who are on my Twitter feed who follow me, not the trolley people, but they are open. They may not agree with things you say, but they're not attackers. They just aren't. My people I aren't attackers. I always tell people, my crowd, the people who like me, are really open to everything. Yeah. Like the Naughty Show, when I did the Naughty Show, people would come to the Naughty Show. It was very interesting to watch who would kill and who would not kill. And the people who killed were people who were really authentic. Like they did themselves. I know you did that one show that one time. You're like, there's nobody here. I'm like, they didn't advertise it. <laughs> do you remember? I, I, my theory was that you asked me to do one of your shows. It didn't go well, and you've never asked me again. That's bullshit. You did my Viper Room show. Oh, yeah. And you guys crushed. Oh, I did it with Jiffy. Yeah, you guys crushed. That was a good time. I'm going to do that show in Vegas very soon. I'm in talks to do that show in Vegas. Really? My Rock and Pole World Championships. That was fun, the Rock and Pole. Well, when I get to where it's one, it's going to be the number one show. Can you incorporate it as part of the Naughty Show? And then build it up and make the crowd enjoy it so much, and then, then you can take it somewhere? Uh, maybe, man. Right now, right now, anything's possible. I mean, it really is. It's just, you know, and there's no better place to do it than Vegas because rock is still big there. There's so many pole dancers. and there's... Do you know what I wish Vegas had? What? I re- the one thing I wish Vegas daycare? had. Daycare? Yeah, <laughs> they do. The hotels have daycare. That's great. The hotels have babysitters. Yes. So we used to go and go out, and the babysitter was like, how long do you want me to stay? Till eight in the morning. Yeah, I don't know what anyone else says. Here's an eight ball. Chill yeah. out. Yeah, I mean, but listen, I'm not in Vegas to be home by midnight. Yeah. So if you need to fall asleep, you now, can fall asleep. Now were those asleep. hotel babysit like? Yes. They were registered with the hotel. Yes. You knew they were going to be okay. Well, you, I mean, as okay as a Vegas babysitter yeah. is. I mean, that's, you're still, you're still kind so of great. fucking rolling the yeah. dice. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. you're not going to Vegas to be like, I hope I can find the most responsible babysitter. You're like, listen, here's the rules: order room service. Everyone, when I come home, has to be alive. Yeah. that Those are the two rules. That's my theory. Um, my dad was a uh, special ed teacher. Yeah. And, like, a special ed teacher, your job is to make sure nobody dies. Yes. Yes. My dad got in trouble because he taught special ed class. He got in trouble because for math, to teach them adding, he taught them poker. Oh, boy. And he totally took them for their cash. Like, he was that shady. That was my dad. He got in big fucking trouble. <laughs> Wait a second. So you're, uh, are you closer to your mom or your dad? I'm equally close. Equally both. close. And are you more like your mom or your dad, or kind of split? Uh, I have I have parts of my mother in me that I definitely know, and I definitely have my father in me. And do you is 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 getting married something you want to do, or you're it's not even like a. I've been in a relationship for a very long time, so I'm uh, fine with how it is. How long you been in a relationship? Twelve years. Oh fuck! Really? Twelve years. Yeah, I mean, now, it, I got weird a long time ago. Yeah. I was, wasn't the, the best boyfriend, but we've been together for a long time, and we just keep grinding. And are you going to, I'm sure somebody's asked you this before, you planning on having kids or no? Uh, I don't know, man. We'll see. Do you think, oh, this is going to be a bizarre question, you think Sammy T is ends up being, okay, let me ask, I'm going to rephrase it. Sammy T, the father. Yes. Tell me what the good parts of that would be, and tell me what you don't know you'd be great at. Uh, 
I would be very good at loving and supporting. I wouldn't be very good at uh, being super. I would be. I like. I wonder how much man skills I have with building shit, yeah. and fixing. Shit. How are you in the details? Do you know what I mean? Yeah. The, 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 because generally, in what I think, I, when it comes to certain things, I'm more detail oriented than others. You know what I'm saying? When it comes to other people's stuff, very detailed. When it comes to me, I'm like, I'll just get through it. Yeah. See, and I'll tell you, for me, from like Beth and I, one of the reasons that we work well together, she's really good with the grand gestures. You know, all the party birthday parties were themed. That made the kids feel special. Do you know what I mean? That I'm not. That's not. But as far as the day to day grind, making sure everything's cleaned up, things are in the refrigerator. You need to get there. You we're hanging out together. The day to day stuff. Yes. I that I'm that is my forte. But yes. the big grand gesture has just never been. Do you know what I mean? Yes. So I I I in I have said this before, like for me, the one thing and I know all three of my kids got it and I that I wish they hadn't, is that I'm a control guy. And they're all control. A lot of men are. But they're all control like both my sons and my daughter are control people. And I sometimes and I've gotten way better as I've gotten older. But that control thing can get you in fucking trouble. One hundred percent. Do you know what I mean? A lot of stuff when in, in uh, recovery is about you can't control everything. You know what I'm saying? Like you, you gotta let shit go, and it's out of your hands, and you you basically control what you can control, and you to the best of your ability, and you let a lot of shit go. You know, it's like there's a famous saying. You know, you can never get mad, mad at someone for not honoring a contract they never signed. You know, a lot of people get me. Oh, I did this for you. You should do this for me. But they right. never agreed to that. You know, and it's just like you ha you can only control what you can control. By the way, you should also. And I this is uh, uh, actually a lesson that I've I taught my kids is that never do something because you're expecting something back. One hundred percent. It never because that you're not in control of that. Do it because you, you it. out of the, or Yeah. Or do it if you're doing something for somebody else. Don't do something for somebody else because you're expecting something back from them. It, it, that's why, like charities that I work with, or money that I give, I don't need it publicized. That's not. I'm not. I'm not giving. LA because, is very hard with that, dude. Because you like to help people, and you're like, oh man, I'm just not that you help people for the sake of them, but you like to think, oh, I helped this guy back day. He's got a lot of stuff going on. Maybe he'll help me out. And sometimes that doesn't no. happen, and it drives you very crazy. Well, listen. With my show, Josh Wolf Show, right? I was like, okay, I everybody behind the camera, I knew most. You know, I couldn't control everything, but I hired people that I knew and loved. All the the writers I knew and loved, the people that I had on my show, and it's not because I was expecting were the people that, comics that I had known for a while that may not have been able to get shots on TV or people that I just wanted. It's not because I was expecting anything back. I, I. I like that. Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah, but you can't. Love that. You gotta. Yeah. You can't expect people like if somebody does something for me, I feel the same way though. I'm not beholden. It to is you. heartbreaking though sometimes when you've helped somebody and they got big thing going on and then they help a lot of people but you're not one of it. It does. It's. It's very idealistic to think you can't kind of get your feelings hurt. You just have to understand that. Absolutely. But, but because but, this town's very narcissistic, there's a lot of people who think they have a predestiny with where they're going. So sometimes when you help somebody, they think it's their manifest destiny that they're just their ascension to the the throne. Yeah, but you know, for me, like I can think of all right, there are two people 
There's one guy, and I won't mention his name because that is not my thing. Tom. <laughs> but, um, you know, a long time ago, he was hurting and not doing well. And he called me one day and he was like, hey, I have no representation and I need a job, man. I don't have, I can't, I mean, not comedy job. I'm starving. And I said, all right. So let me call my manager and let me call around to a couple people and see if they, you know, people that I know work in offices, restaurants, see if I can help you out. Um, and I know he got signed by one of the managers and I know that one of the, my friends hired him at a restaurant. He never called me back. He never said thank right? you. Right? Nothing. I didn't talk to him for years. I get my show. He calls me. You, I heard you're doing a panel. Hey, buddy. First it was, hey, buddy. It's so-and-so. I'm like, oh, hey, man. Yeah. And I could feel the small talk for about a minute. And he was like, hey, and he told me. You're doing the show, and I just told him straight up, and I've told this to another guy that you and I both know very well, and I'll tell you about him afterwards, but they both reached out to me, and I told him the same thing. I'm not saying this to be an asshole, but I'm going to be as honest as I can with you. We're not friends. This is what happened in our past. A friend says thank you. Yeah, and I, I don't have any problems yeah. with that. I don't need, I don't listen, I don't need a grand gesture, but if we're buddies, like you said we were, I don't need you to come over here and suck my dick. I don't need, we don't need a, a, you know, you say thank you, we're gentlemen, and we move on. And you don't call me 10 years later after yeah. I've talked looking for a spot on my show. I, yeah. I helped a buddy of mine. He was in a bad place. He's about to get set up on national television for some crazy ass shit. Yeah. And I was like, you know what? I got to warn this guy. And I warned him. And he's about to do this show. And he knew it was coming. And he fucking staged a protest and he would negotiate his money up way up wow. there and he goes dude I got more money I'm gonna throw you some of this cash and I go he goes dude you saved me I would look would have looked so bad I go no problem never paid me the other day I saw him I go hey dude what's up not a dude I love you dude you help me I'm like where's my cash dog <laughs> he goes well I go I helped you dude where's my cat ah uh, uh, they just stammered up it just it this is a weird town, man, because I think people, for the most part, like they're very loving and they want to be loved and they want to show love. But there's also this fear of that it's not going to happen and they white knuckle it and they're just like, I got to make it happen. And yeah. it's like, you know, I'm going to say something like I I've talked about this on this, other and I on this other show, but and I know she's friendly. Like a big thing for me was way back in the day when Chelsea kind of blew up. Yeah. Was that I was I was I wouldn't say we were best friends or. Super close. But when we saw each other, we would always talk. We'd, mm -hmm. And she kind of blew up. Kind of? Yeah. Well, at the time. Right, right. At the time, she kind of blew up. And uh, I remember, like, she, like, the the relationship changed. And it was the first time that ever happened to me. Mm -hmm. And it really hurt my feelings, man. I like, now it's just like, it's. I've seen it happen more times than not. And it's just like, it is what it is. People get, like, different. You know what I'm yeah. saying? They, they, they act... And it's each their own, man. To each their own, you know. And I remember showcasing for a show, and I did this joke that I I did on purpose to be an asshole, and it and it it fuck. It was the dumbest thing I've ever done in my life. But I remember just fucking, you know, being hurt by the whole situation, and it's like you kind of just got to be understand that like. What people's thoughts of you and how they treat you is really none of your business, and you just kind of, kind of got to stay in your lane. It's really hard to say that. It's super hard. And here's a couple things that I, I try to live by it, right? Um, but if we, 
if we go back to Chels, and she gave me some great advice. You know, she called me when my show got canceled, and she said, and she goes, how you doing? I go, I'm, I'm pretty bummed up. And she said, you have a day to feel sorry for yourself. And she said, do whatever you need to do. Go out and fucking drink, get as fucked up as, and wake up tomorrow, because starting tomorrow, nobody feels sorry for you. Nobody, nobody cares. So, and that's a hard thing. It's a hard thing to, because, listen, if you get your feelings hurt, I think the worst thing you can do is say, oh, I shouldn't have my feelings hurt, because you're denying that shit. Right. You got to let it happen, but you also have to know it's up to you how long you feel that way. 100%. Up, it's up to you because, it, you know, and I've said this before, the one thing you're truly in control of is your time. And how do you want to spend that time? Butthurt or moving forward? And that's one of the things, like I said, I really respect about you, dude. Um, I know how funny you are. I know. I know. And I can. I know watching people that you and I both know who have gone on to do bigger things than you and I, who I know you're funnier than, it's hard for it not to sting a little bit. Oh, yeah. It's hard for it not to sting a little oh, bit. Oh, big time. But nobody's going to feel sorry for you. Nobody. So you It's either fucking wallow in your misery and yeah. die or just on to the next one, dude. But that's the same. Like, that's for everybody. It's not just for comics, it's right? It's for life. It's for life, which is... You I've gotta, always just said, go where you're loved, go where you're wanted. If they, You know what, man? I really... It's very interesting right now. There's a lot of these young comics, especially in this roast battle show, which is such a great show. Mm -hmm. But it's such a, a particular skill. It's a very particular to skill. To roast somebody. Agreed. To roast somebody. But it's it, it has the magnitude because of that show of seeing it's much bigger. But it's one little thing of a bunch of stuff. Mm -hmm. And it's fun when you, you know, I watch these guys kill and you go up and talk to them and like they don't know who I am and that kills my ego. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, I used to be the fucking guy. I used to be the monster, you know, like yep. that fucking, you know, went up there and flamethrowed the room. And some of these kids don't know that guy or know that. And it's just like, I get, I, it hurts, again, it hurts my feeling. But then I realize it's like, who gives a fuck? And it's not their fault. And it's not their fault. And it, like, you go to these comedy clubs and some of these managers don't know who you are. And you're like, you don't know what I used to do. And it's just like, it's not their fault. Yeah. And it's not their, and. I really have gotten to the place where it's like, I don't, I just don't care what people think. And it's just on to the next one. You know, uh, I used to live by when I was living in one bedroom off of $1,200 a month with my three kids. My motto was keep your legs moving because in my brain, if my legs were always moving, if the, if life was pushing back at me, that means I wouldn't go backwards. I may stay in the same place. But as long as I was constantly trying to move forward, I would never go backwards. And I think I've kept that forever, which is I, I've been, we all have been, and not just comics, guys, everyone in life. You get knocked down, and then you just, you got to stand back up. Because if you lay down, people are just going to step right the fuck over 100%, here. dude. You just can't take it personal. Just on to the next one. Yeah. Did you, um, when you first came out here, Yes. What year was that? 2000. 2000. What was your first moment or your first comic or your first where you were like, oh, I'm in fucking Hollywood. Do you know what I mean? Like that first moment that it dawned on you were like, oh, this is where these people hang out. Um, It was so weird, man. I was I I think when Freddie Soto came up to me and told me like, hey, dude, I've seen you around. You're really fucking funny. You're like. Holy shit, that guy goes up at the comedy store all the time. He knows who the fuck I am. Yeah. 
My one of my favorite moments is when Paul Mooney called me the N word. That was like one of my favorite moments ever. Oh, that's amazing. It really is because I was doing stand up at the Hustler Cafe with Tony Montana. This uh, I used to do that at the fucking Hustler Cafe next, and people would be checking out with their dildos and their yeah. DVDs, and they'd be ringing it up, and he'd be like, "Bink bink," and yeah. you'd be on stage. I'm Tony Montana. <laughs> yeah. And this coked out of his skull. Dude. By the way, okay, go, go, go. I don't want to tell you. Go and I remember doing a joke about how how hard it is to be a white guy in America. And I got off stage and Paul Mooney pulled me aside. He goes, oh, homie. Oh, homie. You ain't white. He's Armenian. He's a nigga. And I was like. <laughs> and I was like, I just got called the N word by the guy who copyrighted the word. Yeah. And later on, though, he was really cool to me. He's the reason I got picked up at the comedy store because I was doing stand up and he slid right in next to Mitzi and he's like, he's the funniest one. He's a good one. You got to pick him up. And she picked me up and I've been running there ever since. You know, when I got passed, I got passed by Mitzi also. And um, she called me over. She used to sit in that chair, right? Yeah. And she called me over and I saw her do that with her finger. And that's when you knew it was good, right? Right. And I walked over and she goes, You're funny. I go, Thank you very much. It's an honor to be here. And she goes, and you're cute. You're like a young Steve Gutenberg. Uh -huh. <laughs> and I was like, uh, thank you, I guess. When she picked me up, she's like, are you Syrian? I, and I didn't, I'm going to be honest with you, I didn't know what Syrian was at right. the time. I'm like, fuck, yeah, 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 I'm Syrian. <laughs> okay, I'm going to put you in my show. And then she had me showcase. And that night in the main room, Ahmed Ahmed, Aaron Cater, myself, and- Maz? And- Brett Ernst all got picked up on the same night at the comedy store. Wow. Oz was nice enough to hide so she could see Brett Ernst, and she picked him up there, too. And we all we all got picked up then, way back in the day. That's amazing, man. I, I, I You know, getting past there was truly one of the highlights. But you know what? I got past there years ago. You know my name still isn't on the wall? Why don't you tell them? I don't want to be an asshole. Dude, stop. That's the farthest thing from asshole. You deserve to have your name on the wall. You have to go, Adam, I'm a, I've been a regular here. I think you guys have never put my name on the wall. Next time they'll do it, they'll put your name on the wall. Really? You deserve that. Yeah, dude. I would love it, man. I know it seems. George Lopez was like, I'll do time here if you guys put my name on the wall. Like, everybody. Really? Yeah. Because, yeah, I know it seems trivial and I know it seems maybe, nah. but I want my name on that fucking wall. And they wall. can never take uh, dude. Because you can never take that, on that right? wall, if your name goes on that wall. It never comes down until yeah. until that. Place you think comes I should down. tell Adam? One hundred percent. Go, hey, dude. Just so when when you do names again, because he has picked up a couple people. Right. I'd like. Can I get my name? Because you're in the hall. You're in the main room hallway. Yeah. Which is awesome. That's a new cool thing. Yeah, yeah, isn't it? Yeah. It's like I remember. I'm like, I'm like, oh, this is a cool art display. How long are they gonna have this up? They're like, it's permanent. I'm like, oh my god. I'm like, because everyone's got their name in the wall, but that's only a few people they got. As much as they tried to get everybody, yeah, that's not everybody. No, it's there's something about that place that is for a comic. It because it's the gym. It's the gym. It's it's where you go and train. To to do you, do know, you know what I mean? Comedy store amazing. Oh. There's no host. I know. That's dude. If somebody just lights the room up. You gotta walk right into that, and yeah. you gotta deal with it, and you gotta fucking shift their gears from how great that guy was. That there's a new gunslinger on stage, and you gotta be calm, dude. I had to like. There, there are times when you when you look at that lineup, 
and there's like three monsters in front the of you. The lineups lately have been all monsters. Like I'll go up at eleven. The show starts at nine. Yeah, I'll go up at eleven thirty, and it's just like everybody's a killer. And it's like oh, and the you, uh, the audience is exhausted from laughing. And you got it's necrophilia, dude. Yeah. You got fuck the dead, dude. Yeah. You got to get <laughs> the dead fucking going, bro. And it's just like. Cause that's your spot, and you're like, "This is my spot. I want to fucking rock it." So like, it's as much as it is the gym. It's not the gym that it used to be because, like, everybody sees who they're following. Yeah, and they're like, "Fuck." Oh, I we're got... not trying on new material there. Oh, it's Sling Dick Day, you know. Yeah. One, my first time ever headlining a different club, the Hollywood Improv. Eric, the booker at the time, booked this lineup. To this day, is is the best lineup I ever did. I recently did a lineup that almost was as good. It was probably right there. But this was the best lamp, and I closed it out. It Go. went, host was Doug Benson. Then it went Liza Schlesinger. Then it went um, Joe Rogan. Oh. Then it went um, Daniel Tosh. Then it went Bill Burr. Uh. And then it went me. And when was this? This was the first time I ever headlined the Hollywood Improv, which was probably... 12 years ago. And they fucked you by putting those people in front of you. And, and that's why I thought, Eric, you don't like me, do you? <laughs> he goes, what do you want? I had the bone shot. I'm like, no, 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 you didn't have to do that to me. And I was lucky because I, I've been trading the dojo so long. I killed. I was fucking crazy. But back. you always, dude, listen, you've all, you always seem to do well, but you have an extreme confidence when you walk on stage. You know, it's a very interesting thing because I, you know, I've learned lately over the last years, like, I can't just assume they're going to love me. And it's a very weird thing that I don't know if everybody has to go through that, but there's been a couple shows where like the crowd is hot and I walk up and I'm just like, yeah, party, boom. And they're like, whoa, whoa. Yeah. And I, I dig myself a deep hole and I get start getting like, what the fuck? You guys are great two seconds ago. Uh, so now I have to learn. I have to ease into it, dude. And uh, But once I ease into it, because I, I feel like most of the time, when somebody walks on stage, I could tell you what their act's going to be. And th it's great. I'm not judging anybody. Right. I think sometimes when I walk up on stage, people are like, what, what, what is it? We don't know who this is. What it, we can't tell what he's about to do. Well, I'll tell you, when I walk on stage and people don't know me, they 100% are not ready for what I'm going to say. They yeah. don't think I'm going to talk about having teenage kids. Yeah. Like, that's not... So, for me, when people don't know me and I walk on, you know, it takes a couple minutes for them to go, wait, what? What just happened? Exactly. He's he's the what with who? Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. But so that it's interesting. You can also tell right away who those people are because they turn and look at their friends like and they're doing math in their heads like I don't understand yeah. what the fuck. Some guys talking. walk up like oh my god it's crazy Mexican guy you know yeah. like me it's like nope dude we don't know who you are and sometimes like I'll do a late show Friday and they're just on the road and they're just like drunk and they don't want to do they don't. They How don't often do you go on the road now? I mean, for a long time, I was doing like uh, I, I had this agent, and it just didn't work out. And he, they didn't book me like I wanted to, so I scrambled. So I was doing about two times a, a month for a little while, on and off. Some months I'd be in town, then I'd have three month, three weeks. And yeah. I, you know, 
But now I'm going to do this thing in Vegas. My goal is to be there every weekend and then come back to L.A. and just do my fucking business shit here, dude. That's kind of the goal. And so are you going to get comics from L.A. to go out there? Is that what the deal is? Uh, It's really a show about me. And then I just want to be able, if anyone's in town, they want to rock something. They got people they want to see them in Vegas. They want to do a set. Come do a set, dude. Now, if it gets to the point where I can get it big enough, where I got a fat budget, and I go, hey, come out and do some time. I'll so you you'll you'll do your show like the naughty show, and you'll populate it with your people. Um, it's gonna be very heavy stand up. Me doing a lot of time bringing up people I love. Right, buddy. And when does that start? G- uh, July fifteenth. What else you want to plug? We're gonna get everybody out of here. My album's about to come out. I'm doing a double album. Here's what I'm doing. I'm doing a double album. Then I'm doing. Uh, I'm gonna shoot a special, but my new album, the uh, the Diabolical, should be out mid July. It's a double album. It's the hour like of power. Kiss. It's hour of power, uh-huh. and then the second one's gonna be called Late Show Friday, where I just like three or four minutes into this recording, this I realize this is not a crowd you want to record, and I just wail on them for forty fucking minutes. Come on. And the show's gonna the track's gonna be like, Why are you here? Why are you doing this to me? Please listen. So it's you making fun of the audience. It's going to be a crowd work of me just scorching the earth. (laughs) I love that idea, dude. Yeah, it's going to be hopefully be out by mid next month. All right. Well, listen, guys. I have a show this week. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Thank you. I forgot that. And then I'm doing this. I I love rants. I love people who rant. I'm doing an all rant show Wednesday night at uh, 1030 in the belly room at the comedy store. And it's got it's got Eddie Pepitone, Sarah, Greg Fitzsimmons, Sarah Tiana, and Brian Holtzman's closing it the out. The king of ranters. The king of chaos. Guys, if you have never seen Brian Holtzman at the Comedy Store, when if you're in LA or you come to LA, he is like a. I tell people all the time, you're either going to be frightened by him. Or you're going to be like, I love that guy more than anybody in the world. Yeah. There's no in-between with Holtzman. If you don't take everything personal, you'll have a great time. He's insane. You know, remember when that, uh, a couple of years, maybe this was like 10 years ago, a plane went down in the ocean. And the next day, he was up telling jokes about going through people's wallets. (sighs) I mean, and just, and berating the crowd for not laughing. There's a, a brief moment. Where Brian Holtzman clicked into it. Oh yeah, do, uh, oh a hundred percent. And he he knew. By the way, to nobody says hundred percent more than you and I. Yes, we totally. Okay, one hundred percent. One hundred percent. Yeah, yeah, one hundred. <laughs> and he was unfollowable. Yes, I've, it was the one time you're like that guy. Nobody can follow that dude. Nobody. I don't care how good you are. Nobody followed him. And then. Paula Bell came back into town and everything got crazy again. But there was right, there was about three months there where like this is the this is the champion. I will tell you something. Do you know who I think fits into that category? Fifteen minutes at his best. Joey Diaz. Joey Diaz. Oh, dude. Joe. Fifteen minutes of Joey Diaz at at his height. You're not following. No. Nope. There's no fu- because he's this combination of incredibly likable, dirty, high energy. Punchline after punchline after punchline, real and funny. And so when he's clicking for 15 minutes, you might as well just go up there. I know comics who purposely don't show up because they know they got to follow him at the store. It's brutal. Now, you know what I would show? You know what I would follow with? I have an hour of Joey Diaz stories. 
because he was my babysitter, right? Yeah. So I would just tell Joey Diaz stories for over and over and over. I usually just, yeah, I take it slow. I talk about, yeah, and I just realized for the cu- first couple minutes, they're just talking about what they watched. And, they just and they're can't. recovering. They're literally physically recovering. And you know who else is a, t- a tough follow? Because he's also high energy and so likable, but also so funny is D'Elia. D'Elia's a killer. Chris is weird. I always do well. There's a couple guys I follow where I'm like, oh, my God, this is going way easier than I thought was. D'Elia, Daniel Tosh, David Tals. I followed him a bunch of times. It goes way, way better. But your energy is so different than it tells. So I can understand definitely why that works. Yeah. Uh, Dalia is, but Dalia wrecks places. No, Dalia's a next level dude, man. Yeah. He's just this perfect storm of, like I was telling people, man, that guy should have a fucking statue outside the comedy store for all the amazing shit. Like I watch him go on stage and then he gets off stage and girls run out to present themselves. It's like, what do you mean? Like they just stand there and like he just like when he didn't have a girlfriend when he yeah. was single, he like pick who gets dick. It's like it was like a weird like Bruce Lee. You ever see Bruce Lee when he fights like eight ninjas? Yeah. It's kinda like instead of ninjas, it's Crystalia with hot smoking tens all begging to fucking be taken home with him. And it's just it's so fun to watch. Cause at first you're jealous. Yeah. Cause he just flew right by you. You're like, fuck. But he's so- and then you're like, fuck it. You know why you this can't be jealous fun of him? To watch. You can't be jealous of him because nobody works harder than Delia. You can't be jealous of him because you know what, man? He's a Everybody's good dude. His journey is different, yeah, and he is also, a great guy. He's a great guy, and you can't he's funny. He's, he's funny, a nice dude. Nice dude. You he can't begrudge. Be you can't begrudge somebody hard who's, who works hard. And also, I would tell you this: for comics, and the reason a lot of comics get petty, but look, guys, remember eight years ago when comedy wasn't big and none of us were doing well. Yes. The reason everybody is getting a piece of the pie now is because of guys like Delia who are bringing people to. How many people he put on his show, dude? I mean, the guy's great, dude. You just, you know, and you got like I, I love Doug Stanhope. I love like the dark edge guys. Dude, Stanhope is so. But funny. you gotta have like you gotta have the other spectrum, which is fun. Chris Delia, who's like up there having a great time talking shit, you know, and having a good time. It's like. Not every if there everybody can't be Doug Stanhope, then Doug Stanhope wouldn't be special if everybody's Doug. Stanhope is is next level. Dude, he's one of my he's like Stanhope, Rogan, David Tell, Bill Burr. They're just guys I love to watch. Yeah. But that's their style. The Lee is his own style. You know, I like some like Ellen. I like Jeff Foxworthy. I like people Dude, by who the master way, their style. I styles. saw Jeff Foxworthy at the Ryman last month. First of all, sold out. Second of all, crushed it. And I was in <laughs> awe at how tight his set was, Dude. how fucking funny his jokes were. And th- th- this is a guy who has the number one and two top-rated comedy albums of all time. It get it, but it, and I'm, I'll, I'll stop after this. But it fucking burns me up that people somehow use Foxworthy and Cable Guy as punchlines. Dude, try to do what they do. Dude try to have a quarter of the fucking success they've had and they're in their 50s and still selling places out dude i have no problems with them i want i accept them because i want to be accepted and i know my style is like 
super edgy, dark, dirty, and that's fine. But I want the spectrum, and I want to be able to do what I want to do so that these guys can do what they want to do, and they, they're doing it at a much higher level of mine. But, you know, it's like I love Seinfeld. I would never want to do Seinfeld. That's not my comedy. Yeah. But I, lo- I love the spectrum. Let everybody do it. I, I don't always like what I'm not the biggest fan of pop comedy, I call it, which is like, you know, it's like this – this kind of thing where it's like let's make girls goo goo gaga and that's but it, i still respect it and it has a its place and it has every right to do what they want to i i'd like everybody dude you know what i'm saying yeah. i'm really into like the spectrum of comedy me too and i would say this like i i uh i i if you get on the stage i have respect for you 100 it's not an easy thing to do you get on that stage i have the utmost respect for you because i've been I, you know, I've fucked. Somebody asked me online the other day, have you ever bombed? A zillion times. Oh. A fucking. And I'm on stage. When was the last time you had a bomb? Be honest. A, a bomb bomb? No, not a bomb bomb, but a, a not like, okay, this isn't like the rest of them. Be honest. Three weeks ago. Really? I tried 15 minutes of brand, yeah, brand, happened. brand new material. And what I kept telling myself was, I am not going to save myself with jokes that I know work. Yep. I'm going to do 15, and it was at the Laugh Factory. I'm going to do 15 minutes of stuff that I had either written it that day or the day before, so I'd never said it out loud before. And so, bomb, for me, bomb, right? And and I, I didn't do any of my old tricks. I didn't get really uh, uh, demonstrative. I stayed, I stood in front of a microphone and just told jokes. Didn't take the mic out of the stand, and it didn't go that great, but... I'm still learning, dude. My favorite Joan Rivers quote ever is, if you're killing every night, you're doing something wrong. You're not trying hard. I, dude, and you know what, man? Sometimes I have people watch me, and I, and I have a weird set. They're like new comics. I'm like, oh, they're going to fuck. And, you know, like a buddy of mine, I'm helping him get, get started in comedy, and he saw me one night, and I had a weird one. And I in my head, I thought he was judging me, and I know he totally wasn't. But, you know, it's like, I'm really trying to fly most people are trying to walk crawl i'm really trying to fly i'm trying to do something so different so you know the edginess and the and the realness and the and just so personal you know it's like pop comedy to me is like a hacky take on a real story that's my opinion you know like this really might happen but you take the hackiest take on it like i try to do real takes and do real stories and real takes on those stories that sometimes it's not always the best. And I'm in this new movie coming out uh, called uh, Dying Laughing. Mm-hmm. And and Chris Chris Rock says it's perfect. Comics always want laugh, laugh, laugh every 30 seconds. He's like, I don't want that, man. I want laugh, boo, quiet, laugh, laugh, quiet. And that's really, I want the spectrum uh-huh. of, I want honesty. I want to give you something you're never going to hear anywhere else. Yep. And I want the fucking... Dude. You to go, dude, that's some real shit. And, by the way, it takes a while to go, silence actually is good. That means they're listening. Yes. It means they're listening. Yep. Um, Sammy T, this has been, uh, I could probably talk to you for fucking weeks. I don't, I, sometimes I, I don't know if I was that funny, but I had, I had an extremely good time I, talking I, to you. I will tell you something right now. Uh, th- this is going to sound weird. This podcast isn't about... The chuckles. Yeah, I'm with you. It's about whatever comes out of our mouths. And I think that's the difference between radio and podcast. Podcasting isn't about ha 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 ha. Right. It's about 
Let's no get sound real. effects and shit. Yeah, and let's get real. We went that. Listen, there were some definitely some funny. We had some funny, but we also got we got real real. Not wrong with that, dude. I uh, love you very much, buddy. buddy it's it's uh. Always good to reconnect with you. You're anytime. You're all a time. good man. And good luck on the sports podcast. Keep me posted. You got it. All right, everybody. Um, I think I told you all my stuff up front. But remember, comedian Josh Wolf for road gigs. Guys, help me. Download, subscribe, review. We need some help. Come on, everybody. Get on board. If you haven't done it already, and you listen to this. Please go ahead and do that for me. That would mean a lot to me. Um, everybody that reviews this week, Sam said he will blow. Mean dicks, no teeth. <laughs> How can you resist that? All right, we love you. Later.